I mean, should I put you on the spot to freestyle something about the mental game and the par train? Keep in mind, I just woke up. I've eaten nothing. No expectations. And welcome back to another Park Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak here. Thank you Yo. for hopping aboard the Park Train. In case you guys are new, our mission on the Park Train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and recording artists yeah. like Cal Shapiro today and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. We say this a lot, but before we preview, my favorite episode we've ever done. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about there? our friends at Roback. Um, Roback is the number one in our minds, by far the number one best performance apparel in the game. And our closets are filled. We don't wear anything else but Roback. Guess what? They just released new print polos. These patterns are fun. They're fiery. They're stylish. You love print. And ah. you're more of a stripes guy, sir. So I wanted to use this moment to not only encourage other people to spruce up their wardrobe on and off the course, what, but maybe what you, you sir. Oh, maybe we here, need to move beyond stripes, get you a couple prints. Here's the fun part. I do have one print, golf style shirt. And where's it from? Rowback. You know, uh -huh. so okay, I'm going to get another one. There's some great stuff they got right now. Guys, go get them flying off the shelves. But I want you to know, Ev, I'm going to mix it up. And you've inspired me. I will get Good. another one. That, that means I don't, I, don't have, I don't have 15 like you, maybe 20 prints, right? Yeah. But Roback, best prints. So, so guys, much fun. In case you don't know a lot about Roback, Roback is uh, performance apparel. Um, they, they're not, you buy it directly from them. They're, they're starting to sponsor tour pros. They're up and coming. The everything is four-way stretch, everything wicks away, all the moisture, by far the most comfortable shirt I own. The collars always stay crisp and they're always coming out with new patterns. But here's the kicker. When they launch stuff, it sells out. So if you're listening to this and you're like, this shirt sounds kind of awesome. They have Q-zips, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever. Uh, hit the link in our show notes or always find it in our bio at the Partrain on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, and tap that link no need to enter a promo code. You get 15% off your first order. Do it now because their good stuff sells For out sure. quick. Well, and last thing I'll say, Roback is a movement. You know, in Chicago, the stripe on the back of the shirt or the back of the Q-zip, uh -huh. I'm on the street. I see it from a distance. You know, it's unbelievable. Like yeah. where Roback is popping up. Guys, go to our show notes, get the link. It's too okay. Good. Cal Shapiro. You guys might know Cal from Time Flies. Um, Super, they started on YouTube. They started this, uh, uh, they were basically like the first people that started like a scheduled post, right? Like every Tuesday, they did Time Flies Tuesday where they would cover a popular song or Cal was really famous for his freestyling. So his partner, Rez, would basically throw words in a hat and he would do a beat and he would do freestyles on camera live. Um, and now Cal's on his own. He's trying the, the solo act. His music's awesome. It's just Cal um, is his solo name, C-A-L. And uh, he's a golf nut, guys. He played in D3 college golf. He's a two handicap right now. Really so good this player. episode was one of the most unique, deep, and entertaining episodes we've ever done because not only did we talk the parallels between giving yourself freedom to make good music and the parallel between hitting good golf shots, but also it is such a great combination episode of going into his career, really interesting insights of music versus golf. Yep. But then we go into a mental game roundtable too about his game as a two handicap. And he's, he's more knowledgeable about the mental game than I think he probably gives himself credit for. And yeah. he makes a lot of good points that you are going to start using in your game, sir. Yeah. Very, he's very passionate. He's very passionate about that side of the game. He's a really good player. Some stuff we talked about regarding breathing, pre-shot routine, um, practicing mm -hmm. with adrenaline to simulate yeah, moments out of the adrenaline. course. Guys, this is for anybody listening at any ability. There's, this is one of the coolest episodes we've ever done. Um, just got an amazing attitude. Um, 
and a perspective on golf and life. And Ev, that's what, why we do this show. Right. Yeah. And he talks about that. So we were fired up. <laughs> we were absolutely I'm fired, fired up right up. now. Yesterday yeah. was our five-year anniversary of the show. Yeah. We've been How doing it for five years. I couldn't have asked for a better episode to commemorate that. And guys, at the end of the episode, I'll tease it in the intro. You've already heard it in the intro, but stay to the end because he does a, we put him on the spot and we ask him to do a par train freestyle. It's off and the guys, charts. he off the charts. fucking nailed it. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> It was my connection, <laughs> my connection was going in and out a little bit in the Wi-Fi, but I will salvage everything I can of it. Hopefully it turns out okay. But guys, thank you to Cal. Um, yeah. follow him at what up Cal on Instagram and follow his music, Cal on, on Spotify. Unbelievable. Um, more to come with him too. Yeah. More Mike's, fun to come yeah, with him. Some interesting stuff to come with him. We're 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 talking right now. We'll figure it out. Um, but guys, thank you as always for hopping aboard. If we've added any value to your golf game or your life, give us a, a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at The Par Train. A lot of people are DMing us saying that we've helped them break 80 simply through an Instagram post. 80, 90, 95, right? So if you're I mean, loving this podcast, you're going to love our Instagram um, and Twitter. And uh, Serm, as always, if you're not hitting it great, or you're just not quite focused, or just something doesn't feel right, no matter what the result is, what do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. See you guys. It's good to be on the train. I always like being on the train. We're pumped to talk all things golf, music, mindset, you name it. But before we dig in, we talked for a second off air, but you've recently married a few years ago. Congrats, by the way. And I just have to give you props because I'm a Missouri native. Your wife's former Miss Missouri. It's true. And anytime you can land Miss Missouri, I mean, talk about an underdog and the type of girl you want to end up with. Yeah. I I appreciate that. She's she's incredible. And um, I'm a big fan of your state. It I mean, a lot of people just a lot of people just say they drive through it. But hey, if you go to a St. Louis Cardinals game, it's it's a serious buzz over there. Okay. Yeah. show me state i mean and also people forget kansas city is in missouri for everyone listening that's so true so <laughs> cal uh not to talk about me but uh i just got engaged a few weeks ago and uh i have two quick questions for you since Congrats. you know you're a seasoned married veteran now before we dig into stuff first question i haven't really asked anyone this so you're really the first person i'm asking and i know you're from the east coast so it might be you know you're probably the right person to ask um COVID weddings pushed a lot of dates back, right? We're looking for summer, fall 2022. Now we found this amazing venue uh, near Santa Cruz, Los Gatos area. We don't know if it's going to work out yet, but one of the only dates available in the time of the year that we want is September 11th. Are we out on a September 11th wedding or are you like, who cares about the date? Just make it happen. Look, and we'll get into this in golf mentality, but I think all negative moments need to be reassigned. I've got mm-hmm. some bad dates in my life from things, and I want to replace them with good ones. So I actually think it'd be nice to give some people a reason to celebrate and do something beautiful on it. That's day. what my fiance said. She sounds dope. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. Last wedding question before we dig in. Yeah. Uh, any wedding pro tips or uh, marriage pro tips? Honestly, the biggest pro tip I can give for the wedding is there cursing on the I shouldn't curse. Oh yeah. No, yeah. You can curse. Um well, you know, people get really into the weeds with like, oh no, this isn't gonna work, this isn't gonna work, everything's gonna be fine, it's gonna work out. Like get get the big stuff, but don't don't lose sleep over the small stuff. And and the biggest pro tip I got was on the actual day, don't separate from your person because you'll both get dragged into side conversations and you'll see each other for 10 minutes from across the room. I've and heard so every this. conversation we did, we like stayed together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I saw pictures. It looked beautiful. It actually looks really similar to what we're trying to go for, which is like foresty uh, nature vibes. So um, as we plan, I might have to, you know, pick your brain. We'll see. But enough about weddings. Um, I wanted to start Cal with uh Self-awareness. Pop Dust wrote an article mm-hmm. that said you suffer from self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. How important is that to you? Uh, I just think, you know, 
we're, we're our harshest critics and we overanalyze everything. It's how we're built. And so I think everyone to a certain extent suffers from self-awareness, but then sometimes I'm jealous from people who have no self-awareness at times. I'm glad I have self-awareness, but you know, those people who can like, I've always been fascinated by the, um, you know, the person who can go on air and say, and just air it out and say everything that I would think twice about before I said, just because like, well, they're not thinking they let it fly. They shoot from the hip. But um, I do overthink most everything and it's a blessing and a curse. So I guess suffer implies that it's a negative, but I think there are positives. Well, well Kelly, welcome to the show. You also had another quote that said, self-doubt is something that no human has a shortage of in the creative space. So I set my expectations at zero and I've fallen in love with the process and I love writing songs and I'm mostly just excited. You know, the crazy thing is all these like thoughts are from golf. And I know that's what you guys mm -hmm. are doing, but mm -hmm. I, um, I was a tennis player growing up and I fell out of love with the sport, put a wedge in my room and just started studying like all things golf and fell in love with bob rotella i don't know if you guys oh yeah oh, yeah yeah sports psychologist and just found that like it is every parallel to life is on the golf course and the fascination of the ball's not moving it's not clayton kershaw curveball it's sitting there the only thing that's going to mess you up is yourself so i think about a lot of things and when i told you off air and we'll get into it but how much I like early tea times. I think about that as like my golf is kind of like the therapy or like the deep mm -hmm. dive in your psychoanalysis where you get to like, look and be like, come on, don't do that. You don't need to don't, don't say you can't do that. So a lot of those things, and especially that quote you just read was just like set the expectations low because there is no, you gain nothing from setting it high. You only create and, and some people have less self-doubt than others, but the higher you set the expectation on yourself, and that doesn't mean don't shoot for the stars and don't have big goals, but the higher you set the expectation of I'm going to execute at this level, just let yourself be in the moment of and say, like, I actually just like doing the execution part. I like doing this part and making this thing happen and making this thing happen. And by the end, you'll be where you want it to be instead of saying like I have to it's the same you know for all, all the listeners out there who are like oh yeah they say don't keep score but that's impossible obviously you're going to know your score but like if you try to think like I need four on this hole you make decisions that are outside of yourself or outside of your comfort zone as opposed to just letting the moment happen so I think everything's about letting the moment happen yeah well, do you, is there a tie-in where you know you know perfect is the enemy of great Right, whether it's you know recording a song and you can noodle with it as long as possible, or coming off the golf course and you played well, but oh, I woulda, shoulda, coulda this. Like, there's something there, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. And you know, I come from a background of freestyling, where I just like, and in a lot of songwriting sessions where people will painstakingly write stuff, I'll just get on the mic and freestyle. And when I'm writing stuff alone, I'll talk myself out of certain things because I'm like, it shouldn't have been that easy. Like, mm -hmm. and that's the you know, perfect versus great. You you want to make it harder for some reason in your brain. Like like oh no, it sh it shouldn't have been that easy. It must have been harder. It can't mm. be. I'm I'm drawing all parallels to golf because this is where we are. But <laughs> for but sure, it's like it's like you know you start even through seven holes and then you're like, when's the blow up coming? Like you assume <laughs> it sh you assume it should be bad because that, I don't know. But so I think yes, that is that's a big battle. It's crazy, Cal. We've talked about so many times in this show. Golf is one of the only things where while playing your best, while having the most confidence, you get the most nervous, mm -hmm. which is counterintuitive. You, like in, in music, if you're feeling your flow and you're, you know, writing like crazy and the words keep coming, you keep going. Yeah. Where in golf, we like we tense up. It, it's an odd thing. I feel like during the hot streak, there's no tension almost. I think what you described is you're even through seven. Yeah. And you start to either think about the like blow up or say, can I hold right. on? Right. It, right. It, it, versus telling tentative. yourself, right, right, versus right. telling yourself, I got it today. Like, yeah. let's attack. Instead of being even through seven, why can't I be one under through 10? <laughs> why, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> well, like, why, why did I just let that thought creep in? Get out of here. Like, yeah. Um, that's that's a lot of golf is just like well, keep the 
keep any of that negative uh, energy away. But what's been really interesting for me at this point in my career, so um, so obviously, you know, I toured out of college with with Time Flies, and I've been working on my solo project. But in the last couple of years, I've been writing and producing a lot for other artists, and it's been, you know, a really freeing kind of exercise to say, you know, it, it takes the pressure away of like, I don't have to sing that line. So I'm not having the doubt while I'm performing it of like, is, do I want to say that? Could I see myself performing that on a stage in, you know, Oshkosh, like in Wisconsin, you know, or like, I just get to say like, what if you said it like this? Oh, that's what you're trying to say. What if you said it like this? And I'm just throwing ideas out. And it's so been so freeing and allowed me to write in a different way for my project, because, you know, I, I get to kind of take in someone else's story and help them create that. So that's been where my music journey is now, which is just, and, and it's made me, as you mentioned before, from that quote, I've just fully fallen in love with the process. I'm like, yeah. See Cal, you were, you were meant to ride the train. Cause I literally wrote, this was literally my next question. My question for you was, have you learned anything about the difference of writing for others and expectations of writing for yourself and maybe the parallel between that and you know playing a golf scramble versus playing your own ball there's like a similar parallel to the freedom of the two i just lost a scramble on monday I lost a scramble in years. <laughs> oh. i'm pretty bitter right now people are always cheating in scrambles i know and it went to a card <laughs> off it was ridiculous oh. anyways that's a great analogy and i I, I experience freedom and it happens in the songwriting thing. And that's a nice parallel because I, I realized that it's, it, you can take this as a negative or you can take it as kind of what it is, which is set, which is true. No one cares. No mm. one cares. They just like, when I listen to someone who doesn't, someone who just listens to music, everyone listens to music. When I watch someone put on a song, they're not like, oh, interesting chord progression here. I didn't expect that. Oh, didn't expect that drum pattern. They're just enjoying the song. They're just in it. So um, when you know too much, which you do about your golf game and happens to people, you start to, why? Oh, wait, I could have done, ah, should I, should I have done it? You start to question, like micromanage, where no one cares. They want the entire thing. They want just, like, it, it's going to work or it's not going to work. So I think... Um, it has really helped me get out of my way, much like knowing that there's three good drives in the fairway and saying, just bracing up your swing and swing as hard as you can. Let's see what happens. And it's like, sure, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what we kind of talked about in this, playing in scrambles too, is this about just hit it hard, just rip it, right? You sometimes get in this great mojo with your group and like, you're not worried about where that ball's going to end up because yep. you know the results aren't you know tied to one golfer. Swing hard in case you hit it, yep. Well, you, you tweeted a couple of weeks ago, Cal, and it's easy if you let it be. And, you know, I think we're kind of rolling in here, you know, with this episode and that's it, right? It is. It's easy if you let it be. It's, it's, we, we, we I don't know, you know, we're just designed in a, in a, in a funky way where we like, we like to kind of try to stand in our own way. And when it's easy, we're like, bro, this is too easy like let's we, we got to fuck this up a little bit we, we got to make it <laughs> why right so yeah that's the that's the challenge what do you say like, to someone cal that can't let go i think everyone has heard let it be everyone knows let go but unless you proactively practice the art of doing and detaching and letting go how, what would you say to someone that is just holding on, whether that means trying to like not miss it OB or trying to make more money or get a new job or put music out? Like, what would you say to someone that struggles with letting go? It's weird. I actually think on the golf course, I only learned to like let really let it go in the last year, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but the crazy thing about golf advice and all these tips is that you can hear it a million times and then one person says it away that clicks in your brain and you're like, oh, right, I got it. But you've heard every version of that. For sure. But that's, that's teaching and that's why, you know, people say that, you know, the way we teach and learn might not be the most effective because everyone learns differently. But you might have heard it from Manolo or you might have heard it from this podcast or you might have heard it from somewhere else, but sometimes it clicks. And I remember my cousin sent me a quote like maybe like, a little over a year ago and it said that double 
bogey didn't ruin your round. You let it ruin your round. Hmm. And it was like, yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and that quote just lived with me and I learned to let it go. Um, and I think as, as it pertains to music, and this goes back to the perfect great, um, my career started, I had a job and I was, we just put up a couple of YouTube videos like covers and didn't try to be perfect. And then all of a sudden we were selling out venues across the country and I didn't get off the road for eight years. So then I go through waves of like, we can't put it out. We can't put it out. We can't put it out. So I, I think, I tend to think like when you're in the battle with yourself or when you're in those things, you're going to be better because of it. So don't, don't get down on yourself. Even when you're having those moments of, yeah, you probably should have let it be easier, but just remember this, remember that you got in your own way and you were your own worst enemy. So when you have that moment where you finally let it be easy, you're like, I, I did that to myself. I'm not gonna do it again. Well, Cal, and there's something about innocence, right? Whether you said it was you're young in your career, yeah. or whether it's music, golf, anything. And when you're free flowing and not thinking and trusting your instincts. And then as you get older, Patrick Harrington talked about this, how, you know, he won three majors in two years and then he struggled. He tried to tweak, he tried to get even better and experience can be not always great. So right. I think about that ball he 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 stepped up to on the green and the wind blew it and he got a penalty for it all the time oh yeah just for all-time dumbest rules in golf yeah that's terrible for the wind um but that is we watched tiger tinker with his swing look what happened with jordan speed like and these are the these are the best people at what they do so everyone's doing it but when you're doing it to yourself it feels like you're on an island you feel like the loneliest mm -hmm. person in the world so i think it's just understanding and appreciating that like you're not the first person in history to do this. And that's not to make you feel small. It's in the sense that this is good. This is a good exercise. You're going to get through it. So just don't, that, that's part of love the process, the bad parts of the process and the good parts of the process. Um, but, you know, I wish Tiger didn't change his swing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so much, before we get to your golf game, which we're going to get to in a second, um, which I can just sense you're chomping at the bit at, which I can't wait for. Uh, <laughs> I, it's so much about ego because like, you know, we just celebrated our fifth, fifth five year anniversary of this show yesterday. And it's Congrats. crazy to think back. Thanks. Thank you. It's crazy to think back to starting out and not being consistent. And now we put out a show every week and we post every day and we stopped worrying about like what's going to help us grow to putting out the stuff that we just love. And now we have people DMing us every day that an Instagram post helps them break 80 for the first time. And it's kind of like, how did we get here? And now we're talking to you about golf. Like, right. it's, I think that's the best lesson, in my opinion, Cal, that people can learn from you is you just put stuff out yeah. every week. And so many people's ego think it's not good enough and they don't do it because they think they're going to be embarrassed or who am I? But I'm currently in that battle because I did put stuff out every week and now and then I did these quarantine covers and then mm -hmm. I, you know, I looked at it and I was like, I don't really like doing this anymore. And now I haven't put out something, you know, in a while I said, you know, because I'm focusing on my solo project and in here. But I think the the like results versus process battle kind of never ends. But you guys are a perfect example. And, you know, there, there are a lot of good examples out there of if you just put your head down and do it how you want to do it, the result will come. But most we're wired to think, what's the result I want? How do I get it? This isn't getting it. This isn't getting it. This isn't getting it. There isn't a shortcut. You just kind of have to do it and then the result will come. But that's, that's really, that's a really hard concept and not, not the short route, like five years, you said, but also I'm sure that feels like both an eternity and a blip. So that's, yeah. That's what the process is. On my recent song with um, that I did with Quinn 92, I have yeah. been, you know, kind of, so in production, there is the actual like programming, like the engineering. And then there's, you know, you'll see people who are executive producers who are like, I think, you know, that chorus should be moved there. Um, I always did a lot of production like that and less programming and didn't trust myself as much. But on my song with Quinn, I, I produced that one and I did kind of every conversation we had where I was, talking myself out of it and saying like, I, but there, are you, are you like a producer? Are you good enough to do this? But it, but it felt great. So why am I having this conversation? Mm -hmm. um, 
And I, it is, it's something that um, I think for most people, like, I don't, this isn't a unique thing for me. Like that just doesn't, you, you, you will try to stand in your way and then just, you know, get, get rid of that other person, that, that self-doubt and say, yeah, let it fly. And I released that song, which for me, and I didn't, you know, it was a big moment for me because as a producer, it was like, damn, okay, I'm leveling up and I'm telling myself I can do this. And that's, that's how I was convincing yourself is more yeah. important than convincing anyone else. I was just playing that song this morning. Fiance was loving it. I mean, she was dancing at 7 a.m. in the living room in Marina wow. Del Rey. Wow. So how good is that? I can empathize with that, Cal, because like we're not sports psychologists on paper, right? But at the same time, I've been practicing mindfulness and mindset work in my own life for 17 years since I was, yeah. you know, in high school. So that's, uh, the, that's the most interesting thing about um, music is that you're not a psychologist, but everyone's a psychologist. Right. You're not a musician, but everyone is a musician in that they listen to and study music and have favorites. They might not call it study, but they have the genres they like. And so these are really interesting fields where it's like, it's not like an oil rig where all of a sudden you're like, look, I have, I've had no exposure to this. These are things we all have exposure to in our daily lives. So I find that my friends who don't know what a G chord looks like, they're the best to play a song for because they're not thinking as we were talking about before, oh, I can't believe they did that kick pattern. You're kidding me with this progress. Like right. those are the things that unfortunately, you know, a lot of times I'll be hearing that that's not how people consume music. And uh, from a psychology front, a lot of people don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes it's bad habits. And sometimes I remember ba uh, Bob Rotella tells a great story of like, you know, he's trying to help people with swing thoughts. And Freddie Couples like, um, I, I I don't know if I need help with my swing thought. I just, you know, say to myself, uh, okay, this is a seven iron. Let me just think about the best shot I've ever hit in my life with a seven iron. Bob Brotel is like, yeah, I, that, that's the perfect thing you can say to yourself. Yeah. So I think some people just have had those conversations and done the work on themselves and might not need it externally, but it's an interesting thing where this aligns with music that we all, we all are aware. Hey guys, give us one quick minute to pay the bills and we'll get you right back to the show. I used to work at TaylorMade for three plus years, and full disclosure, I am a golf club nerd. No, seriously, I was the guy where all my friends and family, their friends and family, used to call for help when they were buying new clubs. And from what I've learned over the years is, and look, I used to be the guy behind the marketing claims. And so I've been behind the walls, and I know what happens. And I know that the marketing claims in new technology doesn't always translate to, the, to performance. For the average golfer. So for context, a new Sim 2 driver and a Scotty Cameron Puddle will run you over $1,000. Well, what if you could get a brand new set of clubs and a brand new bag for less money than that? Introducing Six Golf. They're a brand new direct-to-consumer golf brand that finally offers premium performance at a fair price. All the performance you need and none of what you don't. Sticks Golf Clubs are on par with all the big brands without the massive markup. And guys, I've hit the clubs. We don't promote or endorse any brand that we don't know, love, and test. And I can tell you firsthand that these clubs are long, and they, they look great, and they perform, bottom line. And so Sticks makes modern clubs for the modern golfer with a minimalist, all-black design. And Sticks has every skill level covered with high-quality, durable finishes, graphite shafts, and the latest tech. So whether you're a brand new golfer looking for your first new set of clubs instead of all the hand-me-downs from your dad or uncle, or an experienced golfer looking to get yourself some great performing clubs that won't break the bank, Sticks Golf is for you, I'm telling you. Score your 9, 11, or 14-piece sets at Sticks.Golf. That's S-T-I-X dot golf. Go to their website, check them out. I guarantee you guys won't be disappointed. All right, now back to the show. So speaking of awareness, let's let's tap into it, Cal. We're going to go into your golf game and hopefully maybe unpack something that either you didn't realize or maybe you needed to hear so that your golf game can go to the next level. So And vice versa. And I vice versa. It. Yeah. So it. first things first, tell us about your game. Give people context, how long you've been playing. If you keep a handicap, what is it? 
just give us your current state of of your game uh my game is in great shape right now i'm feeling oh. real good about it unfortunately uh, i ordered uh new irons in march they're still delayed it's ridiculous been playing the same ones for 11 what kind years. did you get uh i got the new callaway apex pros but okay. i've been playing uh ap2s for you know 10 11 years mm-hmm. okay that's wild i gotta stop you for real quick i i'm still playing ap2s since 2007 <laughs> and i'm due to get a new set this month so i've got the original wow. ap2s as well we're aligned but they're dead the faces are dead <laughs> yeah. they're mashed just the center <laughs> worn out i played um i played division three golf and cool. i uh yeah the game's pretty good i'm like a two i'm a two right now um and I'd like to uh, get lower. I don't know. I'm tr- I'm just trying to show up and not care. Kale, where did you play in college? Uh, Tufts University in Boston. Sure. Yeah. I I did not. I I started playing golf junior year of high school and just I really just kept a wedge wow. in my room. And that's the biggest tip I can give anyone is that that is the only club because you can miss every green and if you feel confident with a wedge in your hand like you might make a couple of these, you can score anywhere. And so I would just chip around. I do the tiger juggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, we weren't a good golf team. So this is not impressive by any means that I made the team, but like junior year, I ended up making the team uh, definitely got benched for trying some really creative, you know, I was creative. You know, I tried to, uh, I think I, it was a par three. I was left of the green and some like tall pines. And I took out the driver to try to bank it, like Plinko it off two trees oh. to get back to the green. <laughs> Uh, you know, take your medicine. Don't do that. Uh, but yeah, that is my relationship with golf. I love it. I view it as my own personal like therapy sessions. It's just a deep dive into self. And uh, let's go. Yeah. So I also played in college. And I played at Missouri State, and I grew up playing. If you look at your game now compared yeah, are you to from Missouri too. No, but that's Chicago. how we all know each other. Because I, I, yeah, we got all these mutual friends. So a lot of Missouri. Lot, okay. Second, second home, we'll call it. Got it. Um, but you know, when you look at your kind of your prime of your game, is are you in your prime? Was there a time? How do you compare your strengths and weaknesses to years ago to now? I think I just know so much more that I can think less. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole sport: is are you comfortable enough to not think about it? Which is all of life. I always think of like when I when I someone asked me like you know everyone's taking up golf now and they're like how do i fix this and i always say when like lebron or mj is hitting the final shot do you think he goes left foot plant right foot (laughs) step in lean back tuck elbow like that's what you're doing on your golf swing you'll never hit the ball so it's about knowing enough to not think um so i i think i'm actually playing my best golf i've ever played right now wow i love that and your comment about Short game, Cal, you're speaking to a short game wizard with Matt here. This guy is an unbelievable, like around the greens, I've never seen anything like it. I took a train, speaking of trains, from St. Louis to Chicago before a member guest just to get a short game session from him. So, Well, Cal, I was never the best ball striker, so I always had to just, you know, grind harder, right, to to make pars. And (laughs) we know how that goes. But, yeah, no, I mean – Chipping and pitching, we talk a, lot, talk a lot about it on this show and how to think, how to be creative. You know, the lie tells the story, right? That's how you pick your shot. Sometimes you got to be, you got to play it safe when it's the hardest thing to do, you know? I think the reason I say this is my prime is because I was a hand timer. Um, and so for everyone listening, a lot of times you like might not have the best mechanics, but you're like, whatever, I'm an athlete, I'll get to the ball and make it go. But if your timing's a little bit off, four left, four right, four everywhere. Right. So I, uh, I've, you know, I've Instagram has been incredible for that because people are getting lessons and getting to see things for better or for worse. Cause there's a lot of bad Intel yeah. out there, but, um, on the short game, the biggest thing for me, and I, I don't know what you teach was just letting the big muscles work. Mm. You're, I just think about using my back and I, and I'm not thinking about like getting my wrists or getting my arms there. It's like, it's like a slight turn. And then just letting that, um, you know, that Rory string that he talks about sure. opening up, just letting that bring my hands through. Um, 
but I am with you. If you work on one thing, like there are a lot of quotes about whatever at the driving range versus on the putting green, but that's, that's where it happens. Yeah. Well, Cal, you said something really interesting that made me think you said the more, you know, the less you think, um, out there. And, you know, we've had a lot of coaches on this show, swing coaches, PJ tour instructors. We've had a lot of mental coaches on the show. And so naturally, because I love getting better like you do, I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes on the swing. And, um, lately I've been playing my best golf of the last two years because I finally have realized, and people don't realize this to your point earlier about people hear it a lot, but they don't really understand it. I know now, like in my heart that the, the whole, like overthinking things, the worrying about my swing, trying to control the ball does the opposite of helping me perform. So now it's just an inherent understanding that while everyone else is getting tight and tentative over a shot that matters, I know that ripping it is my best, giving myself the best chance to hit a good shot, right? And that's kind of a, it's a backwards way of thinking, but yeah. the best players think that way. Yeah. I, I think you, you have to play the course backwards a little bit. And, and it is about a little bit about thinking backwards, but I also think it's about, you know, Belichick and the best coaches talk about preparing you for the actual moment. You know, if, a lot of those Patriots players will tell stories about the practices leading up to the Super Bowl. He has them going at a hundred miles per hour and then stops them for like 45 minutes, which is the equivalent of the Super Bowl halftime show, mm. just to simulate that. So it's not like, damn, that was longer than I thought it would be. And then they go back out for the second half of the biggest game of their life. You know what to expect. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of golfers, whether, um, and I'm sure you guys preach pre-shot routine because everyone should do it, but um, you have to simulate who you are on the golf course. And that took me a really long time to deal with. So a lot of times on the first tee, I get a little bit of that. Like I can feel it up here. It's excitement. It's anxiety. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I feel it up there and I used to hate it, but it's also like, what's better than knowing you have a tee time. What's better than being on the first tee. So like, how could I hate this? So I started simulating that by when I went to the driving range after I like warmed up and got loose, I would like hold my breath for 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And then my heart rate would be up and I'd exhale and I would do my pre-shot routine with a faster heart rate. And then I do the swing and rehearse the idea of, damn, I can hit good shots like this. Because I think a lot of times you get in this rhythm of like, here's that feeling again. And here's where I fuck up. If you can rehearse that and say, if that happens to you on the putting green, rehearse that feeling and start to love the feeling that your body's giving you. Well, Cal, that's a great point. And I was just talking with Ward Jarvis on the phone, Ward helped turn Brendan Todd's game around. Yeah, He's calling me. He's going to see Lucas Glover last week at the John Deere. And what does Lucas Glover go do? He goes and shoots 63 and wins. So Ward was talking about, and I never heard this about Tiger. There's a lot of Tiger stories out there. But what you're talking about simulation and recreating the real moments, Tiger used to hit a wedge shot on the range and do sprint to the ball, then sprint back, and then hit it again to feel the, that adrenaline pumping and that and and try to deal with that and i was like that's so tiger wow <laughs> that's but that's with probably like, a weighted vest <laughs> yeah yeah bullets like, shooting at him yeah but yeah like how many people are listening to this like yeah i always get nervous over the four footers do like yeah you look like a weirdo but do 20 push-ups <laughs> do 10 push-ups at the putting green and then try to get up and hit the four footer and just fall in love with like that tense feeling i can make these under that feeling absolutely yeah. Um, that first hole, right. Is it, that ain't that nervousness and anxiety is never going to go away on the first hole. And that's my coach used to say to me when we were kids, you're nervous because you care. Right. I and wish, I wish I heard that. <laughs> and, and so that was like, yeah, I do get, I do care. Now, sometimes we care too much, right. Or we care and then we get scared or so I thought, you know, I thought that was always, you know, it, it's, and it's a different battle on stage because when you have a ton of fans screaming out there in your side stage and you're about to go on that same feeling that first tee feeling comes and it's adrenaline and what's crazy is in your vocal singers have a vocal range the lowest note they can hit the highest note they can hit when you go on stage and you have that adrenaline your range lifts the lower notes that are like in verses of songs are harder to hit 
Mm. But your higher notes, you are on fire. And it's this adrenaline. And you see it a lot from, you know, you'll see baseball players in a playoff game or a pitcher over pitch or you in a tournament, like over swing on a shot. That adrenaline is going to happen. So expecting what is going to happen and anticipating it and planning for it is, it'd be foolish not to. And that goes to your point of thinking backwards. It's going to be here. Don't be surprised by it. Promise you it's going to be there. So just act accordingly. Well, what you're saying, Cal, maybe without even realizing it is the importance of acceptance, right? Yeah. You're accepting that you're going to be nervous. You're accepting that, like we just had Colin Marikawa's mental and swing coach that's coached him since eight years old on the show last week. And he said something really interesting. He said that Colin Marikawa has six holes left at the PJ Championship and he's up, you know, there's six guys with a chance to win. He's one of them. And he had the mental training to say, well, someone's got to win it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Instead of holy shit. Like you could have that holy shit moment, but he had the mental training to then say, okay, well, let's go do this. He accepted the moment. Right. Right. And that's basically what you're saying. You're, you have a high level of acceptance when you play well. Well, let me ask you guys this, because I, I go back and forth on this. But if you're playing in something like that, are you thinking I'm playing the person? There's six people. I need to beat someone because I know a lot of people are saying me versus the course. Well, I, I, I think it's, it's tricky, right? How do you not think about the guys, what they're doing? How do you not look? You know, some people don't look at leaderboards. Many do. I think you have to be aware. But this is my take, Cal. I mean. Those last six holes, you know those holes, you know the course, you prep for it, you know what clubs to hit. Why am I going to hit a why am I going to hit a, a two iron off, a two hybrid off the tee instead of a driver when that's a driver hole? Right. You know, right? Now, if it's down to just you and it's just, if it's just a two-man tournament and you know sometimes there can be a match play mindset, but I think 98 98% of the time, why am I deviating from my plan that I, I know that works? So yeah. yeah. What of do you course, think? Of course, unless it's like a tin cup, you know, you, you, need, you need to get home in two to even have a chance. Right. Right. Then obviously you're going to change things. But I, I do try to think, and, and another helpful thing in those moments is I think in like three whole increments being like, mm. instead of a lot of people reset, they're like, oh, all right, well, at least the back nine will be better. And they'll play worse leading into the back nine because they're mm. like, that's when, I, that's when I'm going to turn things around. I already made that plan. If you do it in three, six, three whole increments, then you give yourself the, okay, I double, I doubled the third hole, but the next three I'm going even. If you need to think in score terms, because we give ourselves these outs of like, back nine is going to be better. I know it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so just make it a shorter number, so you you're not into you know the worst front nine of your life. Well, Kel, I mean, you played in a lot of tournaments in your life. You played play at a very high level. I should let the record show I was trash in the, in tournament play. Like I, I'm well, sure you, you were great. I came in. No, I mean, my <laughs> first birthday, I came in dead last in a tournament. There was certain, you know, some tournaments, I mean, I was all, all over, all over the board, but how did, I mean, how did you, how, you've gotten better in tournament play. How, tell us about that progression or what was holding you back? What made you, you know? finish last? Let's go yeah. to that tournament first. Yeah. Well, it was my 21st birthday. So I, I was really drunk the night before. Okay. I had, had the shakes on the green and 48 putts will do that to you. So hit uh, the one, hit the one in the middle, right? Yeah. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I think, you know, Evan, what you touched on acceptance it is accepting that damn i thought i hit that perfectly and why is this fairway bunker here but i'm in it and so i just gotta hit a good good next shot and um bob rotella who is my guru it's funny i had um if any of the listeners know jay bruce great baseball player even better person and he was getting into golf and i you know we were talking and i sent him bob rotella golf is not a game of perfect and he was like dude that's our team psychologist he was the team psychologist at the time for the reds and he didn't even know he had written this wow book um but he talks about optimism being the next one is going to be the best one it's not just like glass half full glass empty he, he tells this story about like you know how in business because he works with a lot of people in business as well a lot of people will get turned off saying um, you know, you'll land one in 30 people you call will give you your business. And a lot of people are like, I can't keep doing this one in 30 people. But the optimist looks at it and says, next one, I think the next one's going to be the one. And so that's, there's two ways to view that 29 disappointments or 20 or 
or 30 exciting calls of like the next one's going to be the one. So I think what made me better was accepting that, like, I can't change that. I'm here. I can't change the duck hook that I just hit and I'm behind a tree. All I have is what can I do from this moment? I think that, I think, you know, this one's going to be good. Cal, have you seen Queens Gambit? Yes. Okay. So we did an episode on this uh, a couple months ago. It's one of my favorite analogies. So I don't know if you like a lot of people like suddenly got into chess again after watching, but let's just use the the series as an example. When she got stuck in a corner mm-hmm. and she's on the run, what is her mindset? Her mindset is, I have one move. What's the best move I can make, right? I have four places or four options I could go. Okay, if I move here, the knight's gonna take me. If I move here, I'm gonna be set up for this. Okay, this is my best move because maybe it'll help me do this. She doesn't think, I can't believe I got in the corner. Right. I can't believe I, I'm backed in. Right. Which is They're typically the, the natural instinct to feel. Like, yeah. And so in golf, we've encouraged people to play golf a little bit like chess in the sense that, hey, I'm behind a tree. It's a tough move, but like, what's my best move? Yeah, I'm here And you now. just go to the next one. Yes. And and I'm I will say I think what makes me not score as well is that optimism I just spoke about. I'll mm-hmm. I'll think yes, I'm in a fairway bunker and I'm mm. 270 out on a par 5, but I think I can stretch this 3 iron. And I am not going to get home with a 3 iron in a fairway bunker and Brutal. I'm, you know it's <laughs> I literally think so. I'm too aggressive in that sense, but, um, but you know, you learn. All right, a lot. Let's, this let's is go. really good. This is really good. Cal. Let's unpack this because this has been yeah. therm and jump in. Cause yeah. to me over the last month and a half, two months, we've been so lucky. We've interviewed some amazing people. Yeah. The theme is aggression to conservative targets. So like, for example, um, Jake Thurm, PJ tour instructor, uh, coaches, a guy on the champions tour, he's won a million dollars this year. Tim, Tim, Tim Petrovic. Tim, Tim Petrovic. He hits, um, I think it was Tim Petrovic or maybe it was someone else, but regardless, he hits a draw, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake coaches the US junior team. And he was, Petrovic was speaking to them. And they said, how do you, if you hit a draw, what do you think about to hit a cut to right flags? He goes, I don't. And they go, well, what do you do? And he goes, he, he, he hits it to the middle or to the left. And they go, well, what do you do on left flag? He goes, well, those are, there's going to be half left flags. Those are the flags I go at, right? And it's funny how the best players in the world consistently, consciously put it like 30 feet. And yet all the amateurs don't even think about where they're trying to put it. They see a flag, they see a number, and yeah. they just hit it at the flag and the number. And a lot of times... You don't know your yardage as well enough. You hit it long. Now you're short-sighted and you make a double simply because of a club choice and a mental decision. And so I want to dig into your aggression because I think this is something that so many amateurs do. Let's get into it. So uh, what, yeah. what is the area that you think lately, where are you most aggressive? Is it approach shots? Is it clubs off the tee? Is it angles off the tee? Where do you struggle the most? I will go to sleep thinking about the reachable par four. Mm. And I will tell myself I'm going to hit a seven iron. And then I get to it. And I've never hit a seven iron. (laughs) And how often do you make eagle? Not often, right? But that's a battle you have to have on the tee box. Why, right? Because we're all this. I'm the same way. Yeah, Yeah. I drive it. (laughs) I make birdie par or double if i hit the seven iron i'm making birdie or par mm-hmm. every time maybe bogey yeah it's obvious numbers but i want that's that's the ego of like well i'm all the way out here i'm not you know playing for my family's well-being i want to drive the screen and <laughs> that's right. how the car well you know i had a light bulb moment two weeks ago uh, I was playing at Cog Hill, the number two course, and a lot. And I'm a left to right player, Cal. I don't move the ball well right to left, and there's a lot of holes, dogleg lefts, pretty dense trees, you know, and, and you know, 410 yard holes. Like I just need to hit driver, and I need to try to draw it. And what do I do? Pull hook into the trees, right? When I should be, I know 
that I'm, this is a hard birdie hole for me, taking a hybrid and hitting a 230 straight and having, you know, 190 yard shot in is what I should surrender to, but I was struggling to do it. I couldn't do it. Ego was getting away. Then I get in the trees, right? And I've got no shot. And I just know, you know what? You got to just chip it sideways. And when you take that deep breath and realize that, it's a, such a freeing feeling. It sucks chipping it out 60 yards, right? But I know when, when, that, when I convince myself to do it, it's like this weight lifted off to me. Yeah. But it's hard to take that to the tee box. You know, what do you think? No, I think you're right. I, 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 you have more acceptance taking your medicine than I do. I, again, yeah, I'm not I, saying every time, but it, no, you know, the, I was like, am I going to double here again? Or am I just going to say, you know what? Chance at four or five is not the worst. I can birdie the next hole. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I, I haven't figured it out. I, I hit my three iron really well off the tee and I, and I hit it, you know, far. And, and so I, I, on most courses, I'm like, I shouldn't even take the driver out. I, I tell people often, if I, if you snap my driver before this round, I think I'd probably break the court. But I do hit the driver well, but I have the ego and, and the idiocy to say, this shot calls for a fade. I know I can hit a fade with my driver. This shot calls for a draw. I, I, and, I'll, and I'll be confident stepping up to that. Which is my detriment. But, 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 but committed. I mean, at the end of the day, all you can do is commit, right? All I care about, and I'll take you through the pre-shot routine. Yeah. All I care about is this Annika Sorenstam tip, the goat. Unbelievable. Undeniable goat. She had the practice box and the play box. The practice box happened behind the ball. Uh, it's windy. It's a 185 shot. So I'll play it like 190. All those decisions happen in the practice box. If you step up and you're over the ball and you're saying it's a 185 shot, but that feels windy, I should play it like 190. Might as well muscle up a little bit. You're dead. You can't make those decisions at the ball. So I think one, I have the practice box. And when you get into the play box, no decision making is allowed. Everything that happened in the practice box, you're 100% committed to. Love it. That is, that is my number one. The only swing thoughts I think about are don't move your head and good tempo. And the last thing I do is when I'm at the ball, I hover for a second. I go, and that's, that's everything. But adding that deep breath to my game brought me, I was, that shaved a lot of strokes for me. And I just, I, I feel like it's just, when, when you swing tense, it releases all the, like a lot of times you're holding your breath, put it in your pre-shot. Yeah. I love it. Now that the breath is out of there and I'm not like, Oh man, don't, it's just, there's no breath there. I've exhaled it. So exhale and go. I also, um, on the putting stroke, I know I'm sure you guys have talked about this with a lot of the coaches, but a lot of players use metronomes in their practice drills. Yep. And so I have like a saying on my putt. And so I just go square back through. When it touches square back through. <laughs> the, uh, when we were when we were kids, we used to work with a metronome. My coach used to say, we vocalize this, whoop, whoop. Like in that cadence, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and yeah, I forget to do it, but I, I, have, I haven't thought about this in a while. And don't forget to do it. It's And you have your cadence. Like that is fascinating, Cal. Also, if you're thinking about a cadence, you're not thinking, don't miss this putt. You're not that like, and that's another thing of rehearsing what you like expect the expected, you know, and that's like with your heart rate being up, expect that you are going to think about negative thoughts when you're looking at that four footer for, you know, the bragging rights with your friends, you are going, those are going to creep in the, what if I miss is human. So yeah. how, if you're going to have thoughts, how do you replace it with something else? So for me, the metronome thing is big where I say, instead of having those thoughts, I just go square back through. Oh shit, what was I supposed to be thinking about? What were all those? I, I forgot about them because I was saying this one right. thing. So just expect that you, your brain does want to do something. It, it's hard to be quiet. It's not basketball. We don't get to have the lat, you know, where it's just fluid motion. The, the tough thing about golf is that you have so much time to think about it. Because in every well, other sport, it would just be your ability. You're, you're reacting. Be Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Joe Parent, who we've had on the show, author of Zen Golf, oh. talks about changing your job. So your job is not to make a putt. Your job is to get it started. And so how can you get the ball started on your line? And so when I'm over a short putt or a putt that means a little bit more, I just get obsessed with, can, I can roll the ball two inches 
over a spot in front of me. I can do that. Yeah. So why don't I just focus on what you're talking about? Your, your keys, right? And so my, for me, my keys are my tempo or a, a stroke thought, whatever it is and roll it over my spot, keep my head down. And if it goes in, it goes in. But that's, that's a great tip for a lot of people is how to disarm yourself out of outcome and move into your keys. But one thing I want to talk about, Cal, I want to go back for a second, is the drivable par four. It's not, <laughs> I, I really want to unpack this for a second because the answer isn't always a seven iron. I think it's about asking yourself, well, what's the trouble around the par four? Well, it's right? always that, right? Like, let's miss on the smart, in the smart place. Yeah. So if, if there's water and you got to carry it 280 and there's a small landing area, yeah, out of 10 times, it's probably a better idea to hit the six iron or whatever um, and give yourself a wedge in. You know, mid iron to wedge is a great recipe for at least a par. And the, and the one I'm thinking about, uh, unfortunately, well, we, we work off historical references in our brain it worked at that time or this time it did this. So now I trust this. And, and you know, that's the battle with golf is if I haven't seen it go straight, how do I trust that it's going to go straight? You know, it's always this like backwards thing on the specific hole that I'm referencing. It's about 270 to carry the top of the trap. A driver will roll through it. So I hit this two rescue that will land on the top, but if you pull it, you're dead. And the right side, if you land in that perfect slot, it's on the green. If you land it to the right of that, your short side on a on a green side bunker and so it's a harder up and down so i the first time i played it i hit it to 10 feet and eagled it <laughs> should have never done that because now i've it's cost me so many strokes mm -hmm. because that's in my memory and that's one of the biggest things i'm fascinated with in golf is that why if i've played a course once and that last time i played on this hole i pulled it ob i feel like it's going to happen again yeah your memory recreates this thing and it's the power of the mind. And that's why you have to pick a really small target and just commit to the swing and say, I, I trust it's going to go straight because that that's been the hardest thing for me is getting those images out of my head. I'm very like, um, I'm very visual. Um, and so, you know, as, as a lot of people are, and so I, I see it, I can, I can, you know, you can say, Hey, remember that round we played three years ago? I remember every shot you hit. I remember every shot I hit. I know what I got on all the holes. And so when I get to that hole, I'm like, here we are again. I thought about this shot and I remember it going left. Come on, please don't go left. And then once you say, you know, they say the mind doesn't hear the, the negating phrases. So if you're like, don't hit it in the water, all the mind heard was hit it in the water. It doesn't hear the negating phrases. Right. So how do you not even say this? How do you get that out? And that is, I'm sure you guys have, Talk to a lot of good people who could fix that. So tell how me. could I get it out of bounds three times on a row, three times around the same hole, you know, <laughs> you're like, it, it, and you get into a dark place and it's like you said, how do you get your focus? There's nothing yeah. that gets you to a darker place than playing the smart shot and, and blading it, messing yeah. up the smart shot, <laughs> laying up and hitting yeah. into the rough or, you know, why do I, I try? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chip it out to the, uh, through the fairway. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Cal, it's, it's interesting because the whole like notion about, you know, your mind doesn't see, don't, it just sees the image and, and goes to where you don't want it to go. That is partly true. What Brett McCabe, sports psychologist on the PGA Tour told us is it's also equally suppression. So like, it's like, tell yourself not to think about an elephant, but you're going to think about an elephant. So again, it goes back to acceptance. So I think you're actually already really good at it from the sound of our conversation. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, your tendencies, your tendency is to see a shot, remember maybe a good or a bad result in the past, but then instead of trying to suppress it, which then creates tension and anxiety, you accept it because you expect it. Right. And so then you go, okay, I knew that would happen. Um, that's kind of like my MO. That's right. how I am. But how can I then reset and focus on what I'm trying to do? What are my keys? So if Cal's keys are tempo, if Cal's keys are aligning in a spot that sets up for your miss pattern, and then you just rip it, just like, you know, changing your job on the greens, like getting your ball started. Yep. 
it's just a refocus exercise, which you spoke to at the beginning of the show. So I feel like you're, you're pretty close. You're already I'm, I'm there. Getting there, but it's, it's an endless battle. And it's, it's just a fascinating thing because everything we're talking about is life. Like, you know, mm. and that's why we love golf. And that's why you guys have a successful podcast, because this is everything we just talked about is, you know, that hole that you came up to and you're like, damn, I pulled it left last time. How am I not supposed to pull it left this time? That's damn. I messed up my last relationship. How am I not going to mess up this? Right. One? Right. That's, I, I messed up my last job interview. What's to say I'm not going to do it again. So it, that's what is so incredible about this game that the perfect round is in you and you're the one getting in the way and that there aren't many other experiences like that because the pitcher is trying to get you out the other person's trying to influence you this is just you you're talking yourself out of out of things and into things yeah. and, and you only focus on and this is one of the most challenging things about being an artist and putting yourself out there all the time I could see 10,000 comments of, oh my God, I love you. This is the best song I've ever heard. Yada, yada, yada. The one that's like, man, you should quit. And I'm like, yeah. that's the one I heard. You, yeah. the negative ones. Are we're drawn, we're drawn to it. The negative shot, the bad hole. You just had nine pars and then you made a triple bogey and you're like, why do I suck at golf? And you're like, you had a bad hole. Yeah. Quite, yeah. You question everything, but it's, it's one hole, right? We're all amateurs, so all the amateurs out there, unless you're not an amateur, um, just like rehearse the thing, re rehearse. And you got to have the pre-shot routine because I see so many people out there just taking hacks before a shot and then they step up. It's a rehearsal of the shot you want to hit. It's not just like I see people hitting practice. Some people don't need practice swings. I, I just think, you know, for everyone out there, you know what you're going to do better than anyone else. I know Tiger talks about hitting it through a window. Like when he hits his iron shot, like I want this to go through this quadrant or this quadrant. Hmm. I don't see it that way. I do in beer pong actually. <laughs> Anyways, but on the golf course, you, you know yourself. So I think there's so much advice out there that I think this is really helpful to understand the mindset of, but also say that worked for me. That didn't work for me. I'm not going to use that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's the biggest battle for me in golf is deciding what is actually helpful for me and what isn't. I, I honestly, in the past three weeks, I look at the hole. I got to tell you guys, I look at the hole. Wow. I don't, I don't look at the ball when I'm putting. Speed style. Every putt, hundred footer, eight footer. It's free. Because, because I, I had this, I was playing basketball about a month ago and I was like, damn, I make all these jump shots. Like why, why do I, I don't look at my hand. <laughs> I'm looking in, into the target. So if I trust my stroke enough, so I, I line up like the club to the ball. It's there. I know that I'm going to make, or I convince myself I'm going to make a good stroke. So then I just stare either at the mark that I want to roll over or, you know, but just stare at something. And that's helped me a lot. Wow. Not going to work for everyone. But. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think there's so many good nuggets. Hopefully there was something that, you know, ring true to you, Cal, that you can take Absolutely. to your game. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, because I know we're at time. Um, and if you guys aren't following Cal, it's what up Cal on Instagram. You just had a new song, which I love called in the water. I think I actually even like the acoustic, um, oh. the best. Cause I'm a big, uh, harmonizing guy. Nice. And I just, I loved it. So props to you on that and go follow him for sure. But, um, we can't let you go before putting you on the spot for a second. We, this is a, this is big here. Here we go. So you told me you <laughs> wanted to get back into freestyling. I mean, should I put you on the spot to freestyle something about the mental game and the par train before oh we go? God. <laughs> sure. Let me, let me, should I throw on at least an instrumental? Yeah. I was going to ask if you had one ready. Oh, wait. And the guy's <laughs> even wearing a GIR hat. I love that. <laughs> the lifestyle. We'll have to send you one of our hats, Cal. You have to give me uh, your address when we get I'll on. I'll wrap it. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, how many, how many topics you got, or it's just, so I was going to ask you, do you want, do you want me to go like time flies well, days and give you a few words? Sure. If you're going to screen record this, I would say in the chat, you guys can write a couple phrases. Okay. I can do that. This, up. this is what it's about right here. This is, <laughs> this is what it's about. This could be our new intro song. <laughs> Okay. Keep in mind, I just woke up. I've eaten nothing. 
No expectations. It's Cal, yeah, they know it's me. The round is always on fire. I just keep it bogey free. They found me out. I know they listen loud. It's like the Sandy out the bunker, but I'm getting par. I don't need to hit it there. Cause I'm going precision, I make incisions in the track and they let them know I, I get I'm mentally strong so they know I'm going low. It's deep breaths, in, 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 out, let it go, let it flow, let it roll, let them on, they let them know. Yeah, and that's the part, train commit. That's the game, yeah, see baby, this is it. Don't care so much, get your pre-shot right and you're going to hit the best round of your life. That's right. Wow. <laughs> Wow, look at that. That might have been the best way to celebrate five years. That was maybe my favorite moment we've ever had on the train, right there. <laughs> Let's go, five years. <laughs> that was unreal. Thank you. That was incredible. Thank you. Well, but Cal, thank you so much, my man, for coming to on. I did with the parallel. There was a moment there where I started thinking, and the freestyle wasn't as good. But when you don't think, it's good. So everyone out there, just think less and care less, because no one cares. Love it. Get out of your own way. That's it. Well, Cal, this was awesome. One of my favorite episodes you've ever done. One of the done. coolest. I'm going to DM awesome. you. We're going to talk. Maybe we'll tee it up here. I'll get you Let's a hat. We're going to get you on the up. train. When's the? Uh, when are we doing the 18 round uh, vlog cover? Uh, 18 hole vlog coverage of our round. Wow. I mean, we can make that happen. <laughs> Do it. That would be good. Love. It. I got to come out and see you. Yeah, I got to yeah. visit you guys. So, this is this is great. Thanks, Cal. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me. And I'm going uh, back in time to listen to all these episodes and hear every one of these psychologists and overanalyze everything I do. Love it. You and also, Cal. Rabbit hole. Good, good yeah. news. Good news. We have a mental game mailbag format. So we have a voicemail. So if you listen to these episodes and you have a question, you leave us a voicemail, we can Done. still address these questions as we go. So this wasn't just a one-time thing. If you want it, it's available. What you said about breathing today before the shot, I'm taking that, Cal. Sometimes oh. I do it, you know, when I'm behind. But when, when you're over it, I have like, watched incredible. it. Incredible. I have watched it shave seven strokes off friends' games. It's like this. Every time, just, I don't even know what this is, but you step <laughs> right here. The last thing, you've stepped up to the ball, you're ready, your hands hover, and then you, <sighs> then you swing. Don't swing with tension. Love it. Uh, so anyways, I think you can tell I like golf and I loved being here. And thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for coming, awesome. Cal. We'll, we'll talk soon. See ya. Take Bye. care, man. Bye. Bye.